I had another baby and I forgot to tell you. I actually, I did, kind of. And I talk about on today's podcast with the incredible Amy Killen. We talk about the science behind longevity and ideas to help you live the best quality of life possible while reversing the downfalls of aging, how stress is keeping you in emergency mode and disabling you from making the right decisions in life and your business, why hustle culture doesn't work and how if you design your life around it, you're going to invest buying your life back that you wasted to gain any success, how your behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way that your genes work, three easy tools that you can use in your life to bring stress down immediately, plus so much more. And uh, I'm not even going to read the rest of the notes, but Amy is just, she's a business partner of mine. She's a dear friend. She is one of the smartest people I've ever met, leading stem cell doctor. She was an emergency room. Um surgeon and doctor for like 10 years. And now she's an entrepreneur and executes at that high level everywhere. And the knowledge that she shares and the principles underneath it, and just hearing how she relates to business and relates to things is just mind blowing. This episode is just packed with knowledge. And so I just wanted to add that because uh, I'm blessed to have these people as friends and colleagues in my life. And I learned so much and I felt like I learned so much from this episode. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And if you are watching this on video, then you see there's somebody sitting next to me. But if you don't watch it on video, then you have no fucking clue who's sitting next to me, which makes this all the more fun. And so I am, I'm honored, I'm humbled, um, pre-hitting record for this show. I was talking about how excited I am as a puppy. Uh, <laughs> but today's guest is an absolute incredible just renaissance woman is how I would describe her. Incredible mother, incredible partner, incredible entrepreneur. Oh, I don't know, like one of the world's best physicians and an emergency room doctor and leading research at stem cells and sexual health. And it's like every single person I know knows this woman. And every single time I have a question, this woman knows the answer. <laughs> and now I'm blessed to have her as a business partner. And so today we are joined by the very special Amy Killen. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Thanks. <laughs> I try. It's almost on par with my photobombing skills. Yes. Like when we were at the event. <laughs> That's the best picture. It was so good because when you posted it, I got like 10 text messages and they're like, of course she would. And I was like, it was so perfect. It was like it was designed. It was perfect. It was so good. And that was such a fun event. So I'm I'm really excited and we're probably going to unpack the reason we're sitting here in person. Um, but I feel like the more time I spend with you, the more people I know that know you, the more I find out and the more I feel very boring and unqualified in most of my life. And I mean that as the utmost compliment because I love myself, but you fascinate me in so many amazing ways. And it's all founded on principles and things that help you and help people. And it's heart driven, but like, where does this story even begin? Like <laughs> where, where was this? Was this like five-year-old Amy that was playing doctor and watched an episode of house and is like, that's what I want to do. Like, where did this game start? Um, no, actually. Okay. I actually, I loved science forever. Okay. That was my thing. And I was in college and I went to college and I was doing like biomedical science as okay. my major. 
but I had no intention of being a doctor. Okay. And then my third year there, I was working at Yellowstone National Park yep. <laughs> and I was being a total hippie and I was hitchhiking and I was doing all the things. And I just realized that if I wanted to keep doing science, but didn't want to get like a PhD, I needed to get a, like a plan. Mm-hmm. And medical school was like the thing that kind of was was calling me. Okay. So it was like a last minute decision. Okay. I did the MCAT that summer, studied for it while I was working slash hitchhiking. Um, and then I went to medical school. Wow. Okay. So basically environmental design dictated that that was like the next evolutionary path. Yeah. It was honestly kind of like the easiest path. Okay. And I say that like in a way that I understand it's hard, uh-huh. but it was, it was set out for me Okay. in an easy way. Right. Yep. So there's that you just keep following the steps. Yeah. Um, and so I did that and I was, I went through medical school and visit, went through ER residency. So mm-hmm. I was an ER doctor, um, and did that for 10 years. And Jesus. then and then things got changed up a little bit. <laughs> so is this why entrepreneurship feels easy? Is because you're an emergency room doctor for 10 years? It doesn't feel easy. It still feels really hard. <laughs> I don't know how with that context that it What's gets. crazy is that this actually feels way harder to really? me. Really? In a different way. Like okay. it's more exciting, um, but there's definitely more risk. Yeah. I, I feel like, well, I feel like you probably got to a point too, like with the amount of experience under your belt in the ER for 10 years is that you start to notice patterns and proclivities and, and things like that. And in the game of entrepreneurship, that market changes yeah. like every day. And it's almost like this constantly moving finish line yeah. to where you kind of have to fall in love with change. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, and being uncomfortable with yeah. not knowing. Yeah. And like, because in, in the, you know, when you're a doctor, you get pretty comfortable with knowing. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are sometimes always things where you just don't know what's going on, but yeah. like you still know what to do in general. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as an entrepreneur, I don't even, I have no idea what to do <laughs> like a good amount of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that summarized like my first 18 years. <laughs> and now I'm at a point where I'm 40 and I'm like, whoa, I think I understand chapter one. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole other encyclopedia to follow. This isn't like a nine chapter book, but like I feel like I have a little bit of clarity to where I'm like, oh, that's the game now. Yeah. That's the game now. So I think it comes with time. Well, I hope to get there. Yeah. I think <laughs> I feel like in the last two days, we've gotten you close. Oh my gosh. So many like just lightning moments. Yeah. It's Ugh. it's incredible. And I love how the tagline might be from hippie to hoppy. <laughs> did you just make that up? I did. <laughs> I did. And so for everybody listening, like I'm just going to set this context now. So um, Amy and I and some of our incredible friends are actually all around us in the office right now. We have, Hi, a, li- guys. We have a live studio audience. <laughs> um, we are, we're launching what I would consider a passion project that identifies probably the culmination of me having the success I want in this world and now doing something with it to make a positive impact for people and me and my children. Mm -hmm. And so if you're wondering why we're all in Montana, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but I think we were just designing world domination around the fountain of youth. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. 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 In these two days, we figured it out. In two days. (laughs) And we ate lots of food, chicken fried steak, burritos, Yes. Um, we somehow all ate about 5,000 calories last night that probably had zero nutritional density. It was density. mostly cheese. It was cheese and bread. Yeah. yeah. And beer. Mm-hmm. And I don't drink, but apparently I drink it in my queso. It was in the cheese. It That's was right. in the cheese. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so in today's podcast, it's going to be about doing what we say, not as we did last night. Yes. And so I would just summarize that because I made better <laughs> choices today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel better about them already. And so when you were... So when you went through college, like you went through on the scientific side, right? And then, and, and help me understand, I'm friends with a lot of doctors, obviously you know this, but I've never actually asked them 
like how that whole thing comes to be. So like when you do your residency and then you become an ER doctor, are you like a, a generalist or is there an area of specialty that you picked up in your residency? So my residency actually was emergency medicine. Oh, okay. So I did, you know, you do four years of medical school yep. and then you choose what your specialty is. Uh-huh. It could be gynecology, surgery, dermatology, whatever. But I chose emergency medicine because okay. I liked like the idea of being a handy person to have around. Okay. And I liked the adrenaline. Yep. And so that was my three years of residency was all emergency medicine. But we then we learned, you know, we do surgery and OB. Like we did all the things. Okay. But your primary goal was learning that so you could be an effective ER doctor. Okay. Got it. And so then you were an ER doctor for 10 years. Correct. Okay, cool. And I do, and I'm going to open this loop now so we don't forget. I, I, we had a conversation earlier today about my skydiving life and your career in the ER. And, and I feel like there was a very powerful fortune cookie amount of wisdom in there about alignment and following your path. And I, and I think we should talk about that. Um, but in that, in that frame, so you're an ED doctor, you know, for 10 years, when you left the ER, did you still practice medicine? Is that what that mm-hmm. progression was? Yes. I, I transitioned into practicing more integrative medicine, preventative okay. medicine, you know, anti-aging medicine, if you will, yep. um, hormones. Okay. Like, and then I started, I kind of went up to like stem cells and, and optimization and, and looking at like, well, what else can we do? Got it. And got into that longevity space. And then all of a sudden it was just like, you know, all of this cool stuff. Got it. So it was after the ER that like kind of the, the purview opened up into holy moly, there's, there's a lot out there's here. There's so much out there. And so 10 years ago is when I actually left the ER. Okay. So now I've been doing this other stuff for 10 years. Okay. Now, cool. So this is this is what I wanted to talk okay. to because this is the part of you that I still on paper can introduce you as, but I don't truly understand <laughs> because like we hear these terms like longevity and anti-aging and telomeres and DNA and, and like you know, for the layman guy over here who pulled the trigger for a living and didn't finish high school. Now I just accidentally became a successful entrepreneur. I'm like, huh, what? Like, tell me what to do, where to go. And so did you have a passion for any of the stuff that you're doing now? Were you just like innately curious? Like, were you just like driven to know, like, where did that come from? I honestly didn't even know all of this existed. Okay. So my field, like my, you know, I was very tunnel visioned in, in just solving emergencies, yep. right? I mean, you're, you're sitting, you're trying to save people and like, you know, get people in and out of the ER. Um, it wasn't until I started having, I had, so I had three kids within two years. Okay. So I had twins and then I had another one, like whatever, 20 months later. And then when my third child was a week old, my husband got a job out of state. So he was out of state. I'm a single parent. I've got three kids, including a newborn. And I have, I'm working full-time in the ER and I'm getting up at three in the morning to go to work to be there at four and I'm sleeping two or three hours a day. Okay. And I did that for months and, you know, and all the things that go with it, like your stress and you're mm-hmm. drinking garbage and you're eating garbage and you're not exercising and everything. And I just hit a point where I realized like, I am going to destroy myself. Mm-hmm. And at that same moment, I also realized that probably half the people coming in the ER were there because of the same kinds of problems. Mm. Like they were there because they were overstressed or they weren't sleeping or they weren't eating well or they like whatever their problem was, those were the underlying issues. Mm. And so I saw this sort of like moment of like, this is your choice. Like you can either stay here and become one of those people or you can pivot and figure out like whatever the hell is out there. Yeah, I imagine that's a pretty heavy dose of reality to met with, to be met with on the daily when you start to recognize the patterns. Yeah. Like, and you're like seeing yourself in every one of them. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that that's a whole lot of evidence that that causes pulls in many directions. It is. And I had to, you know, it was hard because I didn't have a next step. Like it was like, there's no next step. Like you can stay in the ER or you can quit, but then like, what else do you do? And, um, but I, I just, for me personally, I knew that if I stayed, I was going to destroy myself. Yeah. And like that perspective was like, okay, well, you got to just figure it out. Like yeah. this is this is your option. I have a follow-on question to that, but I think it's going to do better if I ask you this one. Okay. And so we talked about that moment for you earlier. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to explain this moment to people because, you know, for somebody who's not a doctor, right? Like I, I can't even imagine the responsibility, the, the, the level of ownership that I would feel, uh, the responsibility I would feel, like the gravity and the weight of having somebody coming to my department and me being potentially the single point of failure or success. Like you tell me that entrepreneurship is hard (laughs) and I'm like, girl, I will take it a hundred times to one (laughs) and I would go back to combat over having that choice. But I, I feel like this is a powerful moment. So can you tell everybody that story? Yeah. So towards the end of my ER career and what actually the day that I realized that I need to be, to be done with this job, um, I, was, uh, I, had, I was by myself working in the ER. It was like four in the morning. I'm the only doctor on. And the paramedics brought in these two patients at the exact same time. And one patient was bradycardic, so very low heart rate, like heart rate of 30. Okay. And so, and like very, very like light pulses, you know, basically almost dead. Mm -hmm. And then the other patient had a very high heart rate, tachycardic, heart rate of 200, you know, bad pulses, almost dead. And they bring them both in and they put them in side-by-side rooms because, you know, I was the only doctor on and they were both critical. And so I, I stood in the hallway in between these two rooms and I just kind of yelled out different orders, like opposite orders, you know, for this patient and this patient mm-hmm. um, over the course of like 20 minutes. And I'm doing things back and forth and I'm running back and forth in the rooms. And finally, after 20 minutes, I got both patients back into sinus rhythm, stable vital signs, like waking up, mm-hmm. like I saved them. Yep. And I, I realized in that moment that I didn't have like that excitement Mm -hmm. that I should have had. Mm -hmm. Like it just, I was just like, okay, now what? Yep. And because I lost that, I I realized that I needed to leave that career. Like this excitement left, like what was left of me? Mm -hmm. You know, what what else could I give to this job? Yeah. And and the reason I ask is because like I think back and like in that lens, like, you know, I wouldn't consider emergency room doctor an entrepreneur, but the lessons are the same because like I think back to my career and I'm only here because I felt out of alignment and walked away from a seven-figure company and deleted social media with millions of followers. And everybody said I was fucking crazy. Yeah. And I had no clue what was next. Like none. Lindsay was eight months pregnant. We oh were gosh. three weeks away from bankruptcy. I was in the thrux of PTSD. You guys hadn't done my stem cells yet. This was about nine months prior when I was in complete breakdown because I was doing all this emotional work but I was physically limited because of injuries on my brain and it was causing all this frustration. And I still to this day don't know like why I was inspired to do that, what called that or where it came from. And so I wanted to ask you a question about this because, you know, on paper to paint a picture, you're an ER doctor. It's four o'clock in the morning. You've been sleeping for three hours a night. You have three kids at home a husband who's at another job not at home. Yeah. <laughs> out of state because of his career right. navigating all of this and felt so out of alignment that you're like, something has to change. 
but had no clue where, when, why, or how. Where in God's green earth (laughs) or what was that like or how did you find the courage or what was your thought process or like, I would just like to kind of understand like what's underneath that because I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued because I think about mine a lot and I, I don't know. And I, I yeah. think it's an interesting perspective because I think about the amount of people listening that have toxic relationships and toxic jobs and toxic friendships. And I think one of the big sticking points is not knowing what's next, like yeah. that unknown and what inputs are here. So I would just love to hear your thoughts on any of that. I mean, it was absolutely the scariest thing I've ever done is just just quitting. I mean, I just quit, told Kurt, you know, I gave him some notice, but yeah. like I didn't do like part-time here and there. Like I just quit. Um, and yeah, I had no backup plan. And my identity was being an ER doctor. Mm-hmm. Like that's who I was. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, you know, what's your name? I would say I'm Amy and I'm an ER doctor. I'm an ER doctor. And that's, you know, that was who I was. Um, so I was leaving that behind and then, you know, going into like a field that wasn't even a real field. I mean, it was like a kind of like like a woo-woo, like fringy sort of field yep. of medicine. All my friends made fun of me. Like it was like, it was, <laughs> it was very stressful. Yeah. And yeah, there was no, there was no clear path. But for me, it was just, it was looking, I was sort of forecasting for myself like, okay, five years from now, will it get better? 10 years from now, will it get better? And I realized it was just getting worse. Mm. And that if I couldn't do this, you know, a couple more shifts without going crazy, then I couldn't do it five for five more years or for 10 years. You know, I I was like, I know it's not going to get better for me personally Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And so at some point I have to jump Mm -hmm. and it feels like this is when it has to happen. Yeah. And, um, so that's actually, I, I love, I love that answer. Um, and I, I love like the thinking about it as well. And so then you made the decision, you jumped over. And and just for context for everybody listening, when you jumped, anti-aging was was kind of like a, a cult that was being proselytized in the medical industry. Right? It was super fringy. It was yeah. yeah, it was definitely a cult. Like yeah. the organizations behind it were kind of sketchy. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was it was almost like the the same temperance right now of being willing to talk about politics openly. Yeah. Like you get the same level of like judgment and pushback. Yeah. And so like that was a pretty bold move to jump into. Yeah. And you jumped into it. And then was it in the process of like kind of diving into the field that like this purview opened and you were like, holy shit, this is so exciting. And then you started grabbing onto things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I started seeing patients. Like I just, you know, again, like I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew some stuff. I learned some stuff on my own, started seeing patients. And then from them realized, like I was very interested in specific aspects, you know, know, sexual health and stem cells and optimization and like all the new tech and things that are out there. And so I just kind of started just on my own learning about all those things. Okay. And then practicing, seeing patients, Mm -hmm. right. And then I'm making some sweeping assumptions and guiding this, but I'm assuming that with your lens of being an ED doctor, emergency department doctor for 10 years, there was a lot of parallels and correlations that now seeing patients you were seeing, but you had this new lens of this new technology and these stem cells and this regenerative medicine. And that's where you started really like digging your roots in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what I, what I enjoyed is that I felt like I could bring kind of traditional medicine into this other field, like essentially like bridge these two fields, right? Because we have like wellness and people, you know, whatever you think of wellness, it's wellness. And then you have like traditional medicine and you may or may not like it, but it's, it's there. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that middle ground of like 
you know, what's the best of both worlds and how do we create that where we take the good things from wellness and the good things from medicine and we create this amazing ability to do both. Um, and so that's kind of what my goal was. And it continues to be like not to negate either of those things, but to bring them together in the best possible way. Well, and, and, and I'm going to edify you a little bit here. Um, I've experienced a lot of doctors in my life. I'm like a walking, bolted back together, <laughs> spare parts out of the junkyard, surgeries, blown up bullet wounds, shrapnel, TBIs, like dislocated shoulders, knocked out teeth. Like I've wow. seen them. I've seen them all, right? And I actively see them from psychologists to psychiatrists. And yet in the lens of probably a hundred doctors that I personally know, there's three of them that embody this and you being one of them that just because it was doesn't mean it always is. Mm. Yes. And for those listening and might not know what that means is like one of the things that I fucking love about you is that you're not romantic about what worked yesterday. You're willing to look and you're willing to question and you're willing to challenge and you're mm. willing to explore and evolve, which is why I'm so bullish on whatever you touch I'm in. Because I think that that is like one of the greatest gifts ever. And, you know, it's something we talk a lot about, about change mm -hmm. and constants, uh, that change is constant and it's yep. going to forever be evolving and ever changing. And so I want to know of when you started diving in, it's even now, right? Like we think about like all these different things and, and we'll, we'll allude to some of these, like the downfalls of aging because we have them and they're fucking awesome. <laughs> We even have cartoon characters that go with them. They're great. But like in all of those things, like what are like the three that excite you the most or that you love the most? Is it like stem cells? Is it telomeres? Is it cortisol? Like I'm just innately curious of like what you are the most excited about. I, well, I am excited about stem cells. Okay. I've been practicing stem cell medicine for eight years. Okay. And I think that we're just beginning to see what stem cells can do. Mm-hmm. And as we, you know, we're going to learn more and more about that, but, uh, but, but we're actually, you know, we can do it now. Like we yep. can do stem cells now. And I think some people don't know that yep. like it's still science fiction. It's still like 10 years from now, but we can do a lot with them. Um, so I'm super excited about that. I'm excited about the longevity field just in general, because of all of the, finally the attention that's being paid to it. You know, this idea that you can live longer, maybe, but better for sure. Yes. Like you can increase your health span, even if your lifespan doesn't increase, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you can increase all the spans, your laugh span and your play span and your love span and all those things by combining lifestyle with some of these new technologies or medications or supplements or whatever that's, you know, kind of coming out right now in the next few years. Yeah. I love that. And for everybody listening, um, this will be the first time I can talk about stem cells intelligently because I won't be doing the speaking, uh, but I am a recipient <laughs> of said stem cells. I don't know what it's even called when they took them out of my back fat. What's that called? That's called uh, your, that's adipose derived stem cells. Adipose derived stem cells. <laughs> and so to paint the picture for everybody, um, I got access to uh, what I would consider extra powers for Superman is, is what it felt like for me. And so I went in and I was actually Amy and Kyle who did this for me. Kyle ran point on this to help me. Um, and for the record, uh, while I was in the Marine Corps, I had seven traumatic brain injuries in a three-year period. So I had bleeding on my brain, fluid on my brain. <laughs> lots on your brain. Let's call it lots of issues. <laughs> lots of issues. And, and we worked for six or seven years with the best neurologists in the world, brain scans and Daniel Amen and plant medicine and meditation and breath work. But I was physically limited. Like uh, I had a very intelligent friend of mine who's a doctor say, 
the challenge that you're running into is that you're working so hard mentally, but your body and brain is physically limited due to damage mm-hmm. to stick in a lot of this. And it probably feels like you're regressing. And I was like, I felt seen for like the first time mm-hmm. because I knew how to communicate. I knew how not to be triggered. I knew blank, but there was a lot of stuff physically happening that was almost defaulting my conscious mode yeah. because of damage and whatever that was. And I don't know the scientific reasons. And then I had the stem cells and it wasn't like a, oh, that day I felt great. Or a week later, I felt great. Three months later, I realized I wasn't forgetting things that I used to forget. And my mood had completely regulated and it felt like I had leaps and bounds like years ahead. And I was like, I, stem cells, that, that's yeah. all I could come up with because right. nothing else changed. And it was a massive, massive benefit. And now I, I, I can't think of one of my friends that is a successful human entrepreneur, person, <laughs> business owner that has not dabbled or played in the lens of stem cells. And yeah. so I know nothing about them in the lens that you do. <laughs> I am an N1 of like, yeah, and even if it's a placebo, I'll pay. Totally. Because placebo (laughs) is effective as well. It's very effective. And so, yeah, I don't even know what was done. They took them out, they spun them, (laughs) and then they put them back in me. In an IV? In an IV. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So that's autologous stem cells, which means that they came from your own body. Yep. We can take them from your bone marrow or we can take them from your fat. Yep. Those are the most common places to take them. And just kind of basically then we take them, concentrate them. And when you can put them either in different parts of the body, like in your joints, um, or I do a lot of cosmetic stuff. I do stuff for hair. I do sexual injections. Um, We do, you know, IV stem cells for various purposes, longevity, promoting potentially. Um, But yeah, it's super safe because it's just your own cells. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I think is interesting too, and then like I had mine done via IV and stem cells are capable of crossing the blood brain barrier, right? They can in some cases. It depends on if you have like, if you have an injury or if you have like something that's causing some disruption of it, or if we give you medications ahead of time that cause it. Okay, cool. And then what is the, and this is a completely, it's in the same lens, but this is just something that I (laughs) haven't had an answer to in like six years since I saw it. But then I've seen stem cells to where um, and this was crazy to me. This is in Costa Rica where they're like, we'll extract them and then they'll like infuse them with like a resonance and then can use like magnets and things in parts of the body to help deliver them to mm-hmm. certain parts. Is mm-hmm. that real? Yeah, you can use you can use light. Like for instance, you can use infrared light or different types of lasers to okay. direct them. So so stems helps have the ability to home. Like essentially it means that they can go to different parts of the body. So the, so if you put them in an IV and say you have like a knee injury and mm-hmm. your knee is like chronically inflamed and it's, you know, it's, it's angry and it's like stressed out, the stem cells, once they get down kind of toward that area, will kind of stay or stick in that inflamed area. So they have the ability to home into areas of need, wow. essentially. Like they're kind of smart. Yeah. And so what they what we found is you can take, you know, c- certain things like light, like certain kinds of lasers, um, certain types of other things like like pulse electro mm-hmm. electromagnetic magnetic field PEMF, therapies. Yeah. And essentially you could apply those technologies to different parts of the body to try to help bring the stem cells to those areas. Wow. That's like mind blowing to yeah. me. See, like how you see entrepreneurship, I see as easy, and you say that, and I'm like, <laughs> can you just summarize it all for me and tell me how much I owe you? I'll put it in a word doc for you. And then where to show up <laughs> so you can do this to me? And then I, I only have one more question on stem cells because I, I know there's a lot of people listening. And like, here's what I found about entrepreneurs entrepreneurs have stories, right? Like, I've yet to meet an entrepreneur without a story of some checkered past of, I was a competitive athlete. I was a D1 blank. And there's always riddles of 
injuries yeah, or yeah. things like that. And, and, and one of my core beliefs is that the most important weapon or tool that we have is ourself because it's the one that handles whatever other tools we have in the tool bag, whether it's marketing strategy or video or whatever. And, and I, I feel like we advocate the responsibility of caring for that tool a lot. Yeah. And so just like quick high level, like what are some of like the things that you've seen that people have been able to be helped by stem cells, right? Like for me, it was my TBI. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife has used them cosmetically post-surgery. I've used topical stem cells. Uh, I had a gunshot wound through my hand. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it uh, <laughs> um, it freaked us all out because my hand healed uh, in like three days. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And including the doctor who was like, did you take your own stitches out? I'm like, it was ready really early. And they're like, what? And they didn't even believe me. And so like, what are some of the things that you see? Because we have yeah. sleep and we have boom and we have like, mm-hmm. where are the common areas that they can benefit and affect people? Uh, well, they're, it's very, they're very commonly used for musculoskeletal pain. Okay. So, you know, back pain, neck pain various joints. Um, and that's that's probably the most common use of them right now okay. in the United States because you can just inject directly into whatever needs to be needs to be healed, Got essentially. It. And it doesn't always work. You know, yeah. This is not like a panacea, but it does work a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I've had some amazing results with sexual function. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, men who have erectile dysfunction yep. and who've had it for years and they've tried various things. You know, we, and I combined stem cells with other therapies like shockwave therapy yep. or testosterone therapy or things like that. And all of a sudden they're able to have sex again, mm. which, you know, is pretty powerful. Like yes. you have, like maybe it's been four, I have one guy that was four years that he went without being able to have sex with his wife, despite wow. medications because he had had prostate cancer and we did the stem cells and we did you know a couple other things. And like three or four months later, you know, he called the office to check in and he was like, yeah, we've been having sex. Yeah. And you know, and it was, it's, it was, he was, he said that he, he and his wife had obviously gotten more close again, which yeah. was really great for them. Yep. Um, but what he also said, which I found kind of interesting was that he felt like he was showing up differently in the world. Like he was the CEO of a company mm-hmm. and he was like, I'm going to work and I'm confident yep. and I'm motivated and I, you know, like I'm actually a different person and they don't know what's happening in my bedroom, but yep. like I'm showing up different. Yep. And I feel like, you know, stories like that are so powerful to me. Yes. I love those, which actually segues perfectly because one of the things that I learned and, and thank God that I had the guidance of you and Kyle and everybody else and my friends are incredible, but, um, I've also come to realize and come to learn that there is no easy button and there's not a pill that can take anything. And stem cells are an incredible tool. Right. But in order for them to be effective, like any other tool, they need foundational principles and things that we are focusing on. Yeah. And so, you know, given your experience, like 20 plus years in the medical field, 10 years as an emergency room physician, 10 years as an integrative doctor seeing clients and now in the lens of stem cells and longevity and like, boom. Like, what are some of the big pain points, like the big areas, the the big things that people are missing that have a very positive effect on the, on the, not only the quality, but even also the quantity and quality of their life where, you know, they've studied this, that like, based on our current health and DNA structure, like 120 is like the upper limit. Mm-hmm. And so it might be, you live to a hundred, you just feel like you're 70 till a hundred rather than feeling like you're a hundred. Right. What are some of those like big, big areas that like are often neglected, often forgotten about until they become a challenge and then they become our sole focus that then we're trying to recover from? I feel like one of the big things, especially for entrepreneurs, I have a lot of friends in this space, is sleep. Yeah. 
because entrepreneurs think that they are not supposed to sleep yeah. and I'll that sleep they're dead. exactly they have like the surgeon's mentality yep. like if i sleep i'm weak yep. if i sleep i'm not doing enough i'm not working hard enough i'm not giving my business enough um and i see this all the time every day but, but so but you know, they aren't sleeping yep. and when you don't sleep you are taking years off of your life yep not not to mention and i don't remember somebody sent me a study like six or seven months ago. I think it was Bruce that was telling me about it. But they basically studied sleep through the lens of looking at it like a performance-enhancing drug Mm. and basically concluded that ample quality sleep was the equivalent of using performance-enhancing drugs. Well, it is. It is. because, And that's because that's when your growth hormone is made. Yep. That's when testosterone is made. And both of those things literally are performance-enhancing drugs. Yep. And they're made while you're sleeping. Yep. And so if you're not sleeping more than three or four hours, then you're not making those hormones. And mm. we know that even just a few nights of missed sleep yep. can affect your testosterone levels significantly. You know, If you're missing like three or four hours of sleep every night, yep. your levels could be half of what they could be if you were actually sleeping. Yep. And news, news flash from the guy who had adrenal fatigue and took three years to beat it. Um, there's no such thing as I'll catch up on my sleep on Saturday, just for the record. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so I'm, ju- I'm just going to say that right now. So yeah. sleep being a giant one. Sleep is giant. And the other part of that, so I call sleep the great restorer. Yep. Then there's the great destroyer. And what's the great Which destroyer? is stress yep. in like the the worst ways. I mean, stress is obviously can be helpful. It yep. can be good, like a good workout or a yep. surprise party or whatever. But too much stress, um, the kind that cause you, causes you not to sleep yep. and that causes high cortisol and all of those things and, and racing thoughts and anxiety, that is the other sort of unspoken killer that's out there. Yeah. So can we talk about stress? We can. Let's because, do it. Because like- <laughs> I can actually now ask this and be like, my fucking doctor told you to. (laughs) And this is just some selfish edification right now, right? So in my limited understanding, right? Because I learn and garner enough information to be dangerously competent that I can speak about it as long as it makes sense. And then I'm like, it carries truth, but go find the source to get the real answer. Right. (laughs) For me and my understanding is that basically... In our bodies, we have our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, right? We have our sympathetic, which is our fight or flight, and then we have our parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest. And when we are under sustained amounts of copious stress with no relief, we end up living in our sympathetic nervous system. And in that sympathetic nervous system, because of the stress, our body releases cortisol. And that cortisol is a stress hormone, which actually keeps us into sympathetic. Right which then changes our body's chemistry to also even the nutrition that we eat, the water that we drink, is functioning like it's an emergency and not necessarily doing its whole job. Right. And then as that ends up continuing, we almost start getting like reverse cortisol production to where I'll be completely wired at night and exhausted in the morning because it's been overloaded and it's reversed. And then that starts leading down the road of all the degenerative diseases, how the sleep and the stress cause. Is that relatively yeah, I, accurate? Yeah, exactly. So if you think about, so if cortisol is up like all the time, so yep. not just up, going up and down, it's up all the time, and that's causing all kinds of problems. But what's happening is your the receptors that respond to it stop responding like they're supposed to. It's okay. like the boy who cries wolf, yep. right? Yep. If you keep crying wolf over and over again, yep. then we're just like, okay, that guy, that, that, that guy's lying. Got it. And so the body stops responding to it as well. So you can either be very high cortisol for a long time, and that's not good, yep. 
or you could have low cortisol for a long time. And that's also not good. Got it. You're supposed to have this variation. Okay. Um, but cortisol, you know, we know that when it's high, it affects all different parts of your body, right? Like it really does break down your body. It's a very, it's a very catabolic kind of mm-hmm. response. So for instance, with, with testosterone, yep. which is important for men and women, yep. by the way. Which, which by the way, don't women produce more testosterone than estrogen? They do. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. See, I'm like dangerously You competent. know stuff. You know stuff. Woo. Yeah. So it's important for men and women. And cortisol, when you have a lot of cortisol, it's it's essentially decreasing your testosterone production. Mm. And that's one of many things. You know, it's affecting your insulin levels. It's affecting your other hormones. It's affecting your thyroid. Like it's literally affecting everything. Yeah. It's affecting your brain. Like it's gonna, it's causing like parts of your brain to almost dissolve if you have these very high levels for a long time. And that's actually why I asked because one of the things that like I notice now, like I'd say that like my default state of being every day is environmental design and control to mitigate stress. Yeah. Like I am not stressed at all. It doesn't matter what's happening, what's coming in. You don't seem very stressed. I'm not stressed. (laughs) And I mean, it's taken work to get here by environmental design. But one of the things that I started to notice is that you know, outside of the physical stuff, right? My testosterone was actually relatively low to the point where we were having deep conversations about like, this isn't here. And I was like, well, TRT is off the table because this is not a body issue. Right. This is an environmental issue. And luckily my wife is so bullish. I'm like, never take a pill, fix it yourself. And she's right all the time. Um, (laughs) So I just say yes. And, but one of the things that I really started to notice is it felt like I was experiencing like memory loss and a lack of clarity. And like, I don't prep talks. I speak off the top of my head. I consult all day. I talk for 12 hours straight. I don't miss a beat. I don't correct. I don't do anything. But I would go to be thinking and I couldn't think a sentence in advance. And I would just draw a blank and I would pause for five seconds or 10 seconds. And it it got worse. And then like my mental acuity was completely off. Mm. Like I couldn't find things that I'd normally accessed in my brain. I couldn't remember models of things. And when when I basically looked at it in the future once I fixed it and I started really looking back at it, all of it was basically due to stress. Mm. And it's so crazy to me because to collapse the loop of like hustle harder, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Exactly. My proclivity to taking that action was actually the thing that prevented the success that I was saying I was hustling to create in the first place. Yes. Okay. And that high stress that's causing you to have be forgetful or to be whatever it is, overweight or not motivated or whatever it is, long-term is causing inflammation in your body. Mm-hmm. So it's causing these, these harmful changes all over your body. And we know inflammation is the root cause of probably 90% of diseases, yep. if not more. And so by being stressed out and not handling it, whatever that means, um, you're actually increasing your risk for diabetes, for high blood pressure, for stroke, for dementia, for you know obesity. Like there's a whole list of things yeah. that's caused from the inflammation that's a chronic result of that chronic stress. Yeah. Not to mention, probably cost me $30,000 in clothes <laughs> because I got fat and skinny yeah. like seven times, but yeah. never skinny back to normal. It was just this wave and I would get so mad. I would be like, no, 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 I'm not buying fat clothes. And I was like, shit, I have to buy fat clothes. And then I was like, I'm not getting rid of the skinny clothes because I'm getting back there. So then I would lose a little bit of weight and I would get rid of all the fat clothes. <laughs> yep, yep. And then I would like, I'm in the skinny clothes and I'd be in momentum and then something stressful physically, my sleep, my and, – and it was typically triggered, right? Like I'd get a lawsuit in a company or I'd lose a, a like a high-playing private client or a deal would fall through. And I thought I was operating normally, but that trigger yep. like almost like brought me right back into the thrux of it. 
And then I'm like, oh, 15 more pounds back on in a matter of like a week or two. And I would say like, I don't think I can lose weight. I think my thyroid's off. I think all of it's off. And like, we would do blood tests. We would do hair tests. We did heavy metal tests. There's none left in my body. (laughs) It was all like an environmental response. And, And that's when I got really bullish on environmental design and, you know, releasing that stuff because I feel like, and I'm going to say this to everybody listening to this, um, in, in my opinion, with the, with the hustle culture, with the, with the, you know, I'll sleep and I'm dead. Basically what you're designing is that the moment you have success, every ounce of it is going to be invested in buying your life back that you wasted to get there. Yep. And I've seen it too many times in real life now and doing this for 20 years I've watched friends go through it. I've watched friends die. I've watched them lose everything because of basically this concept. Yeah. And so I'm like, fucking listen, de-stress your environment. Okay. Yeah. So with that being said, when we think about stress and sleep, like how to sleep good, Jesus, grab Bruce's book, Sean Stevenson's book, DM me, we'll tell you everything you need to sleep. But I think I'm 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 fascinated by stress because I feel like stress mitigation is a force multiplier for success. And what are some ways that like you recommend easy tools that people have that are at their disposal that isn't a supplement that isn't a boom mm-hmm. that they can utilize in their life when they get triggered or they're experiencing that stress to help them get back into that you know, symp- or parasympathetic nervous system. So my favorite one for myself yep. and for other people if who like it is to go outside in nature and go for a walk without any devices. Oh, wait, hold on. Do I assign all of you a 10 minute stillness practice outside every day <laughs> do alone? You? Do oh, you yeah, say that? I do every day. <laughs> yeah, that's because I live in Utah. So yep. I'm like right next to a mountain also. Yep. And so whenever I get stressed or when I just feel like it's like creeping up on me, I just drop all all my stuff and I go outside and I talk to the bears and I talk to the mountain yep. lions and I walk along and I find that that's the most therapeutic. That's for me. Yep. I mean, you can obviously do other types of meditation, um, whether it's guided or yep. whether it's solo meditation. I think breath work is really effective. Um, or, am I just thinking all the things, <laughs> all the things you say? This is why I totally led this question because I was like, <laughs> hey, we might just add MD to the end of my name. <laughs> EMD, entrepreneurial's medical doctor. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Yeah, actually, um, I have, and, and they all know this on the podcast. I'm actually in the middle. Actually, by the time you hear this, you just got taught all of these. Um, my sacred lightkeeper quadrants, right? So uh, in our company, Hotbox, and we'll talk about this in a minute, we have beams. Yes. And I'm fucking stoked yes. on beams. And then we have the downfalls. But yeah, I, I came up with these and I was looking at my life. I was looking at my business and I was like, what on a foundational level, if I do every day, will basically guarantee my success? And I broke it down into four buckets, my mind, my body, my being, and my business. And in the mind part, I have what's called light on. And so every morning before anybody in my family wakes up, I don't touch my phone. I don't look at anything. The moment I am truly myself, I'm coming out of theta. I am the most authentic aligned version of me when I wake up. I intentionally spend 10 to 20 minutes alone in a stillness practice. Whether it's looking outside at the mountains, walking outside, no phones, no devices, no notes, just practicing being. And then I end my work day when I'm done with work before I leave this office with a light off, which is a 10 minute of reflection of thinking time with like, what did I learn today? What are the roadblocks today? What are my three needed moves for tomorrow? And then I include in the body part, a required breath work practice every single day. (laughs) (laughs) I require a minimum of 10 minutes of sweating a day, Mm -hmm. knowing that it is 
I'm one of the only mammals that doesn't have a natural lymphatic drainage system. And induced stress for a quality reason, like a working out, is one of the most therapeutic ways to detox my body, release stress, get my cortisol in check. And so all of those pieces are in. And uh, I fucking told you so for all of you. And I love you, um, but it matters. And I can say doctor approved. So I will totally, totally do that. It does matter. And I feel like it used to be kind of woo-woo. Like it this, was. Is, it, this, is, this is like we're just making stuff up. Yeah. But there's so much data out there now. This is no longer fringe nope. or woo-woo nope. or any of those things. And even, even in – I don't know if you've read the book, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yep. I love the part, and, and I'm obsessed with that book. Yeah, I do me a, too. I do a Masogi a quarter, um, but yep. I can't tell you about it or it wouldn't no, be a Masogi exactly. anymore. We don't talk about Masogis. So Google it. It's like Fight Club. <laughs> but I love when Michael, and I have to have him on the podcast, but Michael is breaking down the Japanese culture and the Japanese government and how they've studied the power of nature on basically, let's call it the rhythm or harmonics or the the tune of your nervous system and how it grounds you and grounding the earth mm-hmm. to where they have now strategically built forests around cities within certain demographics and have measured the population's happiness so crazy. to a critical mass level that they've now basically adopted this as like this is required when we do city design and structural design. And so for all the woo-woos, there's science, there's studies, so much there's science. everything. Yeah. And, and I absolutely love it. And so Knowing now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change lenses because I, I'm really excited about this, right? So I'm at a point in my life where um, nothing's broken anymore. I don't take pain meds. I don't use anything that would affect my body. I use natural modalities. You know, I wasn't supposed to ever walk again in 2005, and I've had no feeling in my legs below the knee since 2005, but yet I've learned how to function. So I'm in this point where I'm like the healthiest I've ever been, and now I'm in this proactive part of like, okay how can I make this better? How can I have more energy? How can I have more, you know, better quality sleep? How can I do blank and do blank? And and I'm kind of in this, like, the choices I make today are going to be the determining factor of how many years I get to play with my grandkids. Yep. And I'm there now. And that's why I was so excited when we had this talk and I was like, I'm in with Hotbox. And one of my favorite things is talking about the current nine, future 12. Correct. Yep. Downfalls of aging. Yes. Right. Yes. And so because you've made them and you've named them, mm-hmm. I just want you to pick your three and okay. I want you to tell everybody what it is, why it matters. And then we'll get into beams because like, I'm really excited about this. They're so cute. Aren't they're they? so fucking cute. And they're, a lot of them are pink. They match your glasses, they do. which I know you love. I love it. Um, so the downfalls of aging are basically taking the hallmarks of aging, which is what the scientific community has come together and said, these are the things that are driving aging. Okay. Like the cellular things, the, th- the super deep things that are driving aging. And the research is being poured into figuring out how to slow these things down, right? Yep. So we created what we call the downfalls of aging, which are these little characters yeah. that sort of embody the different hallmarks of aging so that yep. you can understand that. So for instance, um, one of my favorites is called Life Sticks. Yep. And Life Sticks is, uh, he's essentially epigenetic um, changes brought on by lifestyle. Yep. So we know that our DNA doesn't change as we get older, but that the decisions we make during our lives, whether it's drinking alcohol too much or eating wrong foods or not exercising or being stressed, all of those things cause modifications just outside the DNA mm. that are called epigenetic changes. Got it. And that changes the way the DNA is read. 
So you can imagine, I, I explain it like if you had like a blueprint for like architecture plans for a house, the blueprint doesn't change, right? So when they, you read that, you make a house. But if someone's was to take some like bubble gum and like drop it on the blueprint, mm-hmm. so parts of that blueprint are kind of covered up and you can't read it the same way. When you go to build that house, that house is not going to be the same house. Yep. It's not going to be as sturdy. It's going to fall. It's going to fall down. You know, boards are falling out, etc. So that's what happens as we get older. The choices we make affect the area around our DNA, mm-hmm. and that affects how that DNA is read. So that character is called life sticks, because literally, like life choices stick to you. Yep. And so that's kind of the lesson behind that. Like, how do we mitigate those those problems? How do we decrease that from happening? Yep. So we don't have that happening at our cellular level. Yeah. Now I have a question on that one. Yeah. Um, we were all joking today at lunch and in and, and all of our conversations, how like I, I was telling a story on like we would play street hockey for eight hours and then at four hours we would all be thirsty. So we would go inside and yeah. each pound three <laughs> Coca-Colas right. to get quote unquote hydrated and then go back and play. Yeah. Now, obviously I'm pretty resilient as a 12 year old and a 14 year old. Um, but then if I made that choice now, I would be paying for it forever. Is there a fear that there's almost too much damage that's been done. Like I have this habit that I've had for years. It's almost worth not kicking it. I just might do it. Is there a really a sunk cost bias or is it truly that our bodies are so resilient and the way that epigenetics work and our DNA and the resiliency of our body is that when we realign to positive choices, knowing that our bodies change over time, that it will have a profound effect and, mm-hmm. and, and relief and benefit? That's a great question. Actually, with this particular part of uh, aging, studies have shown that lifestyle changes, as simple as dietary changes, you actually can reverse that epigenetic aging. Mm. Like you can, re- you, can turn, you can literally turn back the clock, at least when you're looking at that measurement. Yep. And so there's no, yeah, I mean, certainly make the best choices you can. And, you know, we're not, you and I are not, we're not no. perfect. We've made some bad choices we, these we last popping, few days. We were popping Coke Zeros yesterday, or I was <laughs> It's Diet Coke for me. But yeah, it's Diet Coke. For, I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell. You love the flavor of aspartame. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, we're not perfect, but it's, it's a cumulative damage, but also there is the hope yep. of reversing it yep. because our bodies are like, amazing. They yep. can do crazy things, but we just have to give it, like we have to give it something. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I asked that on purpose because there were points in my life where I thought that, like I felt that. And, um, in the lens of like coaching on psychology, which I do sometimes, I, I made a statement for myself as my own reminder. And I wrote it on a piece of paper and I said, your level of healing does not have to match your level of trauma. Hmm. Because I was convinced that like, oh, I've had emotional damage for 30 years. It's going to take me 30 years to fix it. Or I was, right. I, I was in this relationship for a year. So if the math is correct, it's one month for every three months we were together. I'll be over it in four months. And right. like, I, I actually used to think like that because I wasn't aware that there was something different. And, and truth be told, I'm glad I'm not in your industry so I can call it out for the sham that it is. It's, it's a system that's designed that the longer that people think that they're broken, the more invested into the system and not everybody, but it's a monetary system. It is a for-profit system and it's not really in the game of like, well, let's tell you why you don't need this medication, why you don't. And like, that's what you're surrounded by. And it fucking killed me forever because I like believed it. And I was like, oh, let's not go to the VA hospital anymore. Let's call this private. Per- let-. And then it started to change, but it, it was hard 10 years ago Yeah, before like that was right when the fringe was here and I'm dealing with injuries and brain injuries and you know, everyone's like, you're fucking crazy. And right. I'm like, no, I want this. So like, we're not paying for that. Yeah. That doesn't work. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. And so it was frustrating. Like it was really, really frustrating. And and, and now I, I, I say that I, I've lived this enough now on the other side that I, I've seen the culmination of daily choices 
add up to something positive. So I love the life sticks ones. Yeah, that I one's good. It. Now, one question about epigenetics, because I've ran down that rabbit hole quite a few times to know nothing about it except what you explained. <laughs> and how you explained epigenetics made the most sense to me out of anybody that's ever explained it. Oh, good. I like the changing like the program or the view or the lens of how it reads mm-hmm. the DNA. Yep. Um, epigenetics get passed on. Correct. Is that true? Well, there's actually some research now that some of the changes might get passed on. Okay. It was, it's been, it hasn't been in the previous, previously we always thought it was just genetics that got passed on. Okay. So it's just the actual double-stranded, you know, DNA strand. It's just the blueprints. Yeah. But there's actually some data coming out that some epigenetic changes may also get passed on. Yeah. Which of course is like super scary. Super scary. Well, the the reason I say it is like, I've grown up in the last 20 years in the personal development world and the consciousness world. And I remember nine years ago in the woo-woo consciousness space, somebody talking to me about this and telling me, yeah, no, whether it's researched or not, epigenetically, you will pass this on. And then now the longer this goes, the more research comes in. And I was like, what plant medicine did you have to find that answer, bro? Because <laughs> I want to join you because uh, yeah. the matrix is dangerous, but I'll inst- understand a little bit more. So I was just innately curious what you thought. Yeah. About I mean, that. it's mostly animal studies, obviously, yeah. at this point, because yeah. that's how we can study that sort of thing. But but it does look like at least certain things can get passed on. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. So life sticks. Life sticks. What's your next favorite one? Okay. I also love Frio Charge. Frio Charge. So Frio Charge is like a little Irish dude. Yep. And he is a mitochondria. Okay. And basically you could think of it as being like, is your battery full or is it not full? So the mitochondria is that, you know, it's the energy source of your cells. Yep. It makes your ATP, your energy. And there are a number of things that can happen to that mitochondria that a lot of them are actually from the mitochondria itself. That's like, it like essentially destroys itself that, um, that, that leaves you without power. Mm. And it's a, it's a cause of everything from just actually being tired yep. and fatigued and not able to work out and not, you know, not exercising and that sort of thing all the way to the cell can no longer survive because you don't have power and then you're aging faster and you're seeing things like that. So free of charge at mitochondrial, mitochondrial dysfunction, is a big topic in uh-huh. the aging world. And, and there's a lot of things people talk about what you can do about it. But that one is one of my favorites because it's very easy to understand. Like yeah. your battery is low and then this is you know what happens. And like what are some of the things that cause like mitochondrial dysfunction? So one of the things is um, reactive ox- oxygen species. So oh. like free radicals, okay. um, which are like electrons, you know, and the mitochondria actually make some of these electrons. But something that can happen is if you get too many of them in the cell, the ones that, that are being made can come back to attack the mitochondria. Got it. So it's one of these things. Like it's making these things because it's supposed to, to make energy. Yeah. But then sometimes they come back and attack the mitochondria itself. So, you know, it, this is, you know, everything that we're doing in our world, um, in our lives, a lot of it is creating oxygen. Yeah. You know, oxidative stress, yep. um, whether that's diet, whether that's too much sunlight, whether that's, you know, all, all these things. And so some of those things can affect the mitochondria. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to really kindergarten myself here because I have a very limited understanding of mitochondria, but I don't remember who, but somebody explained it to me that they're almost like the messengers of your body as well. Like they're in your skin, they're in boom. Cause like, I know like when I do red light therapy, like mm. somebody's told me one of the benefits, it's almost like a mitochondrial reset. Yeah. Right. So like where do mitochondria live? Like is that they're literally in every cell in your body. Okay, got so it. So it is, you know, you have the nucleus, yeah. which is like where the DNA is. Yeah. And then you have a bunch of little mitochondria. Okay. And so the mitochondria are like just like little batteries that live in your cell that make the energy that the whole cell uses. Oh wow. So they're in every cell in your body. So like, yeah, red light therapy mm-hmm. is powering up the mitochondria in your skin. 
or in your hair follicles or in, you know, wherever it's going, um, you're powering those up and you're also recruiting stem cells to those areas, which is pretty cool. But, but yeah, so they're everywhere. So that would be why the cosmetic industry has popped in the last couple of years with red lights yes. on the cosmetic side, Yes, because it's energizing the mitochondrial cells, which is actually causing a natural production of stem cells which would increase the healing, tightening, yeah. or an almost maybe natural collagen production in the skin that helps it. It can, yeah. Yeah, okay. And you think about like basically it's like you have a car and if the battery's dead, the car doesn't work. Yep. So if the mitochondrial is, if they're dead or if yep. they're not powered up, then the entire cell doesn't work. Got it. And if you have you know millions of those around your whole body, then all kinds of things don't work. Got you know, it. Whether it's your brain not working because you're too tired and now you're you can't think properly, or whether it's your skin not working, you have dry skin and no collagen. Like it's literally every part Everywhere. of your of your part of your body. And it, would it be a fair open loop to ask if I followed our beams, which by the way we will explain beams. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> on purpose. That that would be probably easiest path to mitigate, but also support my mitochondria. Yes. My environmentals, my food, my movement, my nutrition. Fair yes. assessment? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm picking it up. Yeah. We designed this these beams to essentially attack all of these nine all of the nine to eventually falls. 12 downfalls of yeah. aging. It's like we're trying to look at this as like how do we get to these things like from a cellular level? Yes. But then we'll go from there like more big picture. Yes. Yeah. And Puffy Pete's coming. Just, just oh my so gosh. Everybody knows. <laughs> Puffy Pete is on his way. Yes, but yes. we are not introducing Puffy P to you yet. I mean, you sort of just did, but uh, yeah, but you don't know what it means. No, no, you don't know. No, <laughs> could be a puffer fish, could be whatever. It's just Puffy P. Could be a fat Irish guy. Who knows? We haven't made him yet. Well, maybe we have. We have, haven't we? In our heads, we have. Yeah, we've made him in our heads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, what's the third one? And then my last one is stem cell exhaustion. Okay. Because you know I'm a stem cell person. Yeah. And so that's really kind of near and dear to my heart. And what is that? So your stem cells are the cells that are responsible for like the upkeep of all different organ systems. Okay. So for example, when you cut yourself on your leg, your stem cells like communicate to the cells around them, hey, we need to, you know, we need to heal this. So they can replicate themselves and become more cells. Okay. Or they can just direct the cells around them to start doing different healing processes. And so this explains why, like, if you get a cut on your leg, it probably takes a lot longer than if your, you know, your six-year-old son gets a cut on his leg. It does. Because he has six-year-old stem cells. Yep. And you don't. Got it. So what happens as we get older is our stem cells start to work less efficiently. And we also don't have as many of them. And so this old man Stimmy character, it's like a little cell, it's like old, he's like decrepit, he's like, yeah, yeah, grandma, and he's walking around. He is the embodiment of what causes stem cell dysfunction and what that leads to as far as symptoms go and things like that. Got it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a loop for everybody that I'm not going to close for them. But on the way to the office this morning, I happened to have a random YouTube video pop up. And it happened to be like an old religious conspiracy theory on the life of human beings in relation to stem cell modification about 800 years ago. And I will tell you the story because I think it's hilarious. Okay. Anybody else, you can just Google it. I'm sure you can find it. <laughs> so those three are your three favorites. Mm -hmm. We have nine now. We're most likely going to have 12. And the 12 are basically the combination of the collective effort in this community identifying that these 12 markers are really the ones that have the most 
compound or profound effect on aging. Right. Yeah. Okay. The scientific community, like the world community yep. has put together, they just revised it from nine to 12. Okay. So they just added three more. Okay. Got so it. wait, wait to, to be seen to be what seen. those characters are, TBD. but we will make them. Um, so we're saying, we're staying aligned with that community, yep. but we're making it more accessible to people who don't know what, you know, autophagy is or don't know what you know, some of these, these crazy words are. I love it. I love it. Now, before we get into beams, Beams. Uh, beams. <laughs> beams. We're going to end up running this one ragged for the next five years. And I'm so here. And I have pet snakes too. They just don't hiss. Yeah. I wish they did. That's just from fucking the jungle book and everybody thinks they'll hiss at you now. They don't for the record. Um, I want to get into beams. But before I do, why the hell did we start Hopbox? We started it because I wanted like sort of selfishly, mm -hmm. I wanted a way to look at all of the data out there, all the science out there, bring it together into one easy to get to package mm -hmm. that could help me slow down aging. Yep. It was very selfish. Yep. It was, what, you know, what can I do as a doctor? What can I put in this box that I can take every day? It's yep. super easy. And then I could give it to my friends yep. who also need it, who won't do all this research. Yeah. And well, so that's where it started from. Well, let's be blunt. I don't do research. So instead, I just own part of the company and you do it for me. Exactly. I take the box. Right. Right. And so what I love about this is like in the last couple of years, I, I've taken this very holistic approach that's almost curated and personalized. I change all the time. My body changes. I get older. I have new things. And one of the things that I love so much, and I, I'm alluding to earlier, and we've been talking about this, and I've got to see this in person, and, and selfishly for everybody listening, uh, I am in this company. It's a part of me, and I have a very small part, but I also have the ability to design the marketing strategy and the business strategy. And for the last two days, I've watched what I can only call as like rainbows and unicorns form together. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's like the fucking Care Bear Army just started shooting shit across the room because it's aligned. <laughs> it's focused on value. It helps people. It truly makes it easy. It makes it understandable. It makes it approachable. And it combats all the misinformation and the beliefs and the paradigms that exist that we're stuck this way. And and one of the things that we're very bullish on and, and my involvement and yours as well is that this is about helping you live the best quality life possible and reversing the downfalls of aging. That could be whether you watch a video from us, you read a pamphlet from us, you buy our ridiculously well-off priced curated supplements that help combat these, you use our beams. Like It truly feels like one of the most beautiful gifts to me in humanity. And so I just wanted to thank both Aww. of you. And PJ's off camera right now, but I'm looking at him. Um, so he's behind it. Um, for having this idea and giving a fuck so much and calling it selfish when in actuality the whole thing was to help other people. <laughs> Hello, pot. I'm Kettle. Oxymoron. Um, and so for those of you listening, like just for context, like we've spent the last two days in thorough detail mapping out the next two to three years of your life to make you yeah. the most qualified, educated, and effective tool in your own arsenal to basically reverse the effects of anti-aging, to help you thrive, to help you gain energy by focusing on the core tenets and the principles that combat those nine downfalls of aging, yep. which is called beans. <laughs> so we're officially going on tour. Um, we'll have Bo Burnham write a song about beans. 
And so, Amy? Yes. What are beans? All right. So the B is for belong. Okay. The E is for eat. Eat. A is for avoid. Avoid. M is for move. Move. And then there are four S's. Yep. So the first S is sleep. Yep. Stress. Yep. Sun. Sun. Sex. Sex. And that is beans. <laughs> so now you know where this comes from. Exactly. And that has to probably be one of the most annoying things as you're listening to this podcast, the amount of times we have obsessively hissed. It's a lot of hissing. It's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. You know how you have my address. It's at the bottom of my emails. You can send me snake mail or hate mail or whatever. <laughs> so what I want to quickly do, Amy, is just just for context, like each one of those letters, the B. Why does the B matter? Why is the B important? And what I should think about and maybe one thing I can do under that letter. So the B is for belong. Um, we know now from about 85-year-long study that oh, is it? still being done. That's it? The Harvard study. Uh-huh. It's actually still being – it's in process still. I, I, I follow up on you that You follow one. up. Okay. Yeah. That just having a sense of belonging, whether it's to a person or a community, uh, is a better predictor of overall lifespan mm-hmm. than basically anything else. Yep. And that, you know, that is not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that, you know, belonging to something and, and living your purpose. So belonging and being able to live your purpose kind of go together mm-hmm. in my mind um, and trying to figure out how to do that and how to you know be in that community. Mm-hmm. It's super important. And so that's our B. Yeah. And, and I'll give a tangible example. Um, the people that you surround yourself with, if every night they're inviting you out to dinner at 11 p.m. for beers and pizza and queso cheese... <laughs> And you're trying to build a $100 million company and your sleep is the most important thing. You might want to surround yourself with some friends that want to take a shot of green juice, have a hug and a smile with you and go to bed at 9 a.m. because you have world domination to take over tomorrow. That's true. Is that fair? But also, I mean, just having friends and being a part of a community, even if you're eating cheese, is a good thing. Yes. And I'm just picking on all of us for our dinner last (laughs) night. We made some bad choices. We did. And th- there's yeah. so many inside jokes that you're not privy to <sighs> Yeah, um, that you wouldn't have to be there. But yeah. And yeah, I- I'll, sh- I'll share this real quick. Um, it's my fucking podcast. No, go ahead. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm still ratioed out that you've talked longer than me, but you still give doctor answers. And I'm like, just keep going, Amy. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> no, there's – um. Uh, if, if anybody listening is familiar with martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular, they, you know who John Donaher is. Uh, John Donaher is probably going to go down in, in, in our lifetime, at least in the last century, of like one of the greatest martial arts practitioners in the lens of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And Lex Friedman was interviewing him. Mm-hmm. And I love Lex's podcast because yeah, who the fuck knows how to ask questions that good and do that much research? I have no idea. But I would pay for that process because it blows my mind. But Lex asked him about the meaning of life. And I've watched this video a hundred times and it blows my mind. It's basically a form and an answer that supports the B. And what he basically alludes to in his theory, which I wholeheartedly believe, is that prior to the Industrial Revolution, every man and woman had a shared vision and meaning of existence, which was survival. Because pre-Industrial Revolution, all of our Maslow's hierarchy of needs were not hit at the touch of a button at the point of inception at anything, right? If I was sad, if I was depressed, but my whole family was hungry, I got to feel how I felt, but go procure food. If I was exhausted and depressed and there was a storm rolling in and I needed shelter for my animals or for my family, the shelter was getting built or I was no longer living. Right. 
And then we get into, and there's an incredible book I read a long time ago, Guns, Grains, Germs, and Steel. Yep. Yep. That broke my brain very much. I was not educated enough to read that book at that time. I probably do for a reread. And the Industrial Revolution came around. And now, and we both love the book, The Comfort Crisis, we live in controlled environments, mitigated of healthy stress, that have also deduced us down to no required pull mm-hmm. or shared meaning of existence. And what it has created is a whole lot of space that used to have naturally been filled, lacking purpose, which creates isolation and then frustration because there isn't a pull greater. And it was one of the best eloquent ways that I've ever heard it put. And I was like, that, yep. that's what I believe to be true. And I have thought about that and I've looked at my career, I've looked at my success, my client's success. And I will honestly say that I could pinpoint almost 100% of them somehow down to the power of our community and having friends and being in relationships with those people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, loneliness kills as many people as obesity and smoking at this point. Yep. And it's probably just getting worse. Yep. Yep. So that's my completely random tangent as to why uh, B. B is a good one. B is a good one. Okay. What's the E? So E is eat. Yep. Queso, cheese, And obviously we know what we eat matters. (laughs) And I think the main thing with eat is that there's no one perfect diet. Like we don't have to like argue about which fad diet is yep. the best. Yep. Like it, there is no best, honestly. Yep. Um, it, but you want to concentrate on the things that matter. Yep. So a good quality protein and enough of it. Yep. You know, you want to get some fruits and vegetables in general yep. um, and antioxidants, you know, good fatty acids, yep. um, mostly whole foods, yep. you know, limit trans fats. Like there's some things that we can, you can do no matter what particular diet you choose Mm -hmm. that will make a difference Mm -hmm. and focus on those things and don't focus as much on like, I'm going to do this fad diet that's really, really hard for two weeks and then I'm going to fail miserably and I'm going to feel horrible about it. And then I'm going to try a different fad diet. Like just focus on the things that are actually really important. Yeah. Because consistency matters. Consistency does matter. Now I I, I have a, a question about that in your opinion. Do you believe like I was in the paleo space, I did a lot in that space and I've, I'm on both sides of this, but I'm leaning more towards the side that this is true. With the amount of like over farming and food production that like there truly is like a lack of required nutrients and ingredients in what we can primarily find and that supplementation is actually a massive benefit due to the depletion. Like, have you seen that? I think for some people yeah. and in some areas, yeah. like like for instance, we know that um, some foods that are, are high in nitrates, like beets, beets you know, yeah. beets are, everyone talks about beets being yeah. high in nitrates, um, but there are some parts of the United States that where the soil is growing beets that are not high in nitrates. Mm. And interestingly enough, they've done some studies that some of the most sort of organic beets sources, you know, organic is best, yep. they actually have the lowest amount of nitrates. Mm. Not all of them, but like the point is it's very hard to know, yep. right? Like it's hard to know what you're eating, even if it's organic or even if it's like the, the best you could get um, because things are so different in different parts of the, the country. Now, would, would it be fair to say that if somebody wanted to find that out, like are there any tools or tech like Viome or a hair analysis, like where somebody could find, like if they followed a diet in their area and ate it clean, like what they were missing or. Yeah. there You, you can do micronutrient testing okay. um, super easily. There's, you know, there's blood tests, there's urine tests, or, you know, Viome is going to give you your microbiome, your gut yep. microbiome. 
Um, there's all different things you could do as far as like nitrates. You could just touch, test nitric oxide levels, which is just a saliva test. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, super easy to do. So you can certainly test those things. Um, I think that there are some nutrients that most people don't get enough of. Like vitamin D. Like vitamin D, like magnesium. magnesium. Yeah. Those are two big ones. Um, a lot of the, you know, some vitamins we do. And then there's a whole class of other things that are not vitamins that are non-vitamins mm-hmm. um, that we either don't get much of in, of in food or we don't get any of in food. Mm. And that's sort of where we're focusing some of our, some of our longevity product yep. because there's a lot of stuff that is, you know, that seems like it's really good for us that even if you have the best diet, yep. you probably aren't getting enough of in food. Yeah. Yeah. That magnesium one was huge. My buddy Barton owns a company. You yeah. Know, you know, Barton, right? Barton no. Scott. Oh yeah. You, you will. Um, and he was telling me, and then I was looking at my aura ring, right? And this is the weirdest thing about my sleep. My scores would be up but all my REM comes at 5 a.m. Oh. Like somewhere between like 4 and 5 a.m. it starts, and the amount of REM is dictated by what time I wake up. I have a six-year-old alarm clock. So anywhere between 5 and 6, I'm up, and so my REM was being dictated by (coughs) Branson getting out of bed. And then I used to take magnesium in the morning, and it was just a part of my daily supplements in the morning. And so I moved it to night, and I would take my three – most bioavailable magnesium that exists. And then all of a sudden my REM scores are through the roof Yeah, and I'm getting it earlier and I'm having two hours a night, you know, two 30 a night. And I looked at the last two years and I've never had over like an hour and 20 minutes of REM. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting smarter and I'm more creative. And it was just by simply adding that one thing in. It's so funny. When I was in medical school, my very first rotation, I had my attending physician was a magnesium researcher. Okay. And so, I mean, so this, you know, we're seeing like heart attack patients and stroke patients and diabetics and, you know, all these like, you know, sick patients. And every single patient we saw, we have to write down, like, what are we going to do for his heart attack, you know, for his high blood pressure, for his this. And every time he at the end would say, well, what's their magnesium? And how are you going to fix it? Because he was convinced, and I think he's right. I thought yeah. he was crazy at the time, but I think he's right, that low magnesium was at least contributing to every single one of those problems coming in. For sure. And I think it really is. I mean, I can't imagine low magnesium was helping. It wasn't helping. It was just in the perceived benefits I've gotten by simply yeah. spending 30 cents a day to take two or three of them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, got it. Okay, cool. So eat, we got covered. What's the A? A is avoid. So what you put in your body and keep out of your body, equally important. Yep. So avoiding, you know, environmental toxins, avoiding molds, avoiding toxic people, mm-hmm. like just like putting a moat around yourself and being in charge of that moat. I love that one. M? M is for move. Move. We're all about moving your body. Yep. And that includes, you know, structured exercise, but also just getting up and walking and taking breaks and fidgeting and, and you know, like the things like throughout our day that keep us moving. Hold on. So uh, for all my fidgeters that are listening, I have a, ge- I have a gift for you. <laughs> Will you talk about fidgeting for a minute? Because you know exactly what I'm going to ask. Yeah. So, well, fidgeting, uh, it can actually increase your caloric burn like mm-hmm. five times over baseline. Um, so if you're moving your legs a lot or twiddling your thumbs a lot or you're just like sh- moving and shaking, like I tend to be kind of animated. I know that yeah, you're super, am animated. super animated. Like we're burning calories without yeah. even realizing it. Oh, yeah. I uh, My aura will go off when we're done with this podcast and it'll tell me I hit my activity goal for the day. Yeah. And I'm being pretty chill. So when yeah. I do another podcast, though, like I've done a two-hour one, 700 calories with a heart rate monitor on. And I was like, oh, yeah. This is where I get my cardio every day. Yeah. I got movement. Do you have like a, a prescribed like best practice? Like do you truly believe like everybody should move their bodies every day? Is it healthy for people to sweat every day? Is it, you know, a sustained – like I love Huberman just talked about the study they did on cold therapy and I've been doing cold therapy for a long time. And a lot of you think I love the cold. I love wearing shorts in the cold. 
I will don't think I will ever love cold water. Yeah. I respect cold water and the benefits that it has, but the thought of being in it doesn't ever get I just started easier. doing cold yeah. plunges myself, yeah. But now what they're saying is basically that a in a one week period, a cumulative total of eleven to twelve minutes is the ideal to yep. receive the maximum benefit. I was like, Great. 90 minutes a day, 90 seconds a day, I'm done. Or I was like, fuck it, Monday, I'm doing 12 minutes. Yeah, and like, I'm yeah. in. Right? I do like five and five. Yeah. And then like maybe like one or two more. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh God, thank you for giving me micro wins again. Like I'm back. Like yeah. I'm not doing the 30 minutes a day like I did. Um, but do you see that same thing with like exercise? Like, is there a benefit to like, let's say just, you know, baseline activity, but like 10 minutes of excessive sweating that day or, yeah. or really pushing it? Yeah. I think at least 10 to 15 minutes okay. of sweating sort of higher intensity every day okay. is important. And I think that that resistance training yep. is paramount for everyone and especially for women because a lot of us don't get enough of it. And especially if you're over age 40. Yep. So I think resistance training at least three days a week, you know, more if you can. Um, and, you know, and 30 minutes, to an hour ish yeah. is uh, is good, and and then getting your heart rate up to that zone four, zone five, yeah. uh, you know, several times during the week. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you go to the gym up the street here, my gym in Big Fork, the Big Fork Athletic Club. I think I'm the youngest guy by like forty, and I'm 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 in here with the eighty year olds and eighty five year olds, and these guys are in the sauna with me and lifting, and like they look like they're fifty, and they just were like, I'm never gonna stop training. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I like this. This isn't settle and wait till I die. This is, yeah. let's make myself stronger because there's no downside to that. Well, and because our, we get, as we get older, we have less and less ability to form muscle and to do yep. the things. So you have to actually kind of overcompensate now yep. with the idea that, you know, as I get to be 50 and 60 and 70, I will not be able to, you know, to maintain as much muscle, even if I'm trying as hard. For sure. Because basically no matter what your age, like I'm 40. And if I push my baseline capacity now, and I increase that capacity, that sticks. Yeah. And then as I start to age, I have a lot more reserves in the bank of a baseline capacity for stimulation, growth, support, protein yep. synthesis, all that stuff. Right. Um, amazing. Okay. Now we get into the sleep. S- sleep. Which we talked about a little bit. We talked bit. about so sleep. sleep. I think we got stress. We talked about. Stress. We talked about. Sun. Sun. Sun is the next one. And this is one of, you know, I do a lot of cosmetic work, you know, cosmetic stuff with stem cells, but, but I also know that sun, the sun is undervalued in our, in our current society. Well, it's demonized. It's demonized. In the, in, in the beauty industry. Well, I mean, here's the, here's the truth of it. The sun and photo aging is the fastest cause of aging in our skin, especially our face, you know, upper chest hands of anything else. So what I tell people is, and what I do is I do, I wear sunblock on my face and my neck mm-hmm. every day because we get a lot of sun. Like we you get, don't realize it, but you're getting yeah. a lot of sun. Um, but we also know that lack of sun is a huge risk factor for increased mortality rates. There was a big study out of Sweden and they looked at people who had, you know, the highest amount of sun and the lowest amount of sun over, over decades. And they found that the ones who had the highest amount of sun had the lowest all-cause mortality. And that was including from, you know, from things like cancer and diabetes and, high, and cardiovascular disease. And that, and that actually avoiding the sun was uh, on par with smoking cigarettes, like a lifetime of smoking, wow. as far as increasing your risk for dying. Wow. And so, you know, with the sun, is, it's amazing. And we know it does a lot of good stuff for us. Yeah. So there's, a, there's sort of a sweet spot, and it's different for every person. Yep. But it's probably in that 10 to 15-minute range of being outside and getting some sun, but maybe being careful about the parts of your body that are already getting a lot of sun. For sure. And then... You can also get the benefits of sun on cloudy days 
but just more exposure. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you have darker skin, you're going to, you know, you do more exposure than if you have lighter skin. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some nuance sure. to this, obviously. But sun is not bad. It increases vitamin D and nitric oxide and serotonin and all of these yep. things that we know are good for us. So what's your opinion on perennium sunning that's been trending <laughs> on the internet? I think it's unnecessary. But I think it's hilarious. But if you want to do it, go for it. <laughs> for those that are wondering, I would not recommend that you Google that. Um, unless you would like or to do, see, or, or do, do. Um, actually, you know what? I'll call out my dear friend, Angie Lee, who I love dearly, who jokes about this all the time. Go follow Angie and she will educate you about butthole sunning and the vitamin D uptake that happens only through Uranus. Um, so that's basically perennium sunning. Perfect. Yeah, cool. Perfect. So we're, we are out here now. We are out there now. It leads us to the next topic, which, which is, is sex. Sex. <laughs> So I do a lot of work with sexual health, yep. and I feel like there's a, a really important intersection between sexual health and longevity yep. that isn't talked about. Yep. And that, you know, it's there's a taboo around it, but but being sexually healthy, which means having all of your systems as well as your structures as well as your mindset, like all the things coming into play to be sexually healthy is directly related to, to longevity. Um, and that's actually been shown, especially in men, there's a, a strong correlation between people who are more sexually healthy and even more sexually active and a longer, longer lifespan. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I, I actually, you, you talked about this before we were on the podcast, but I think it's an important note when we talk about sexual health, this isn't of like, Oh, you know, go fornicate twice a day. This is the underlying principles of like, yeah, how is your body functioning? Yeah. How is your sleep? And it's almost like a combination of the other areas, making sure your testosterone is functioning mm -hmm. correctly, yeah. making sure all of those pieces are there and that you're feeding yourself like what you need. Yeah. Because sexual health, if you think about it, it sits in the middle okay. of all other forms of health. Okay. So you have, you know, have input from physical health. Yep. Emotional health, mental health, yep. spiritual health, yep. you know, if you have some baggage, yep. uh, environmental health, yep. and then relationship health. Yep. And so all of those things are feeding directly into sexual health. And it. so you have to have all of those actually be healthy to be sexually healthy. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, it also radiates back outwards. For sure. So it's so I think that look can you look at someone's sexual health, like whether they're actually having sex or not, is not even as relevant as like how are you feeling? Are these systems working? You know, like what's going on? Yeah. And if it, there's a problem, addressing that. Mm -hmm. I love it. So those are the beams. beams. <laughs> so I'm going to take over this part because I am excited because this is our company. We're stoked. And our mission is to empower you to reverse the downfalls of aging while empowering you with beams to combat them, to give yourself the best chance. And we're going to be very open with this. We have a longevity box, which is incredible, but a longevity box without beams is like tying your hands and feet behind your back and jumping in a pool. Yeah. Beams is a great foundation. And then adding the things that we're deficient in and the things that we're missing that are on the cutting edge is where our longevity box meets the specific application of these principles as the foundation that will give you the best chance of success in the fastest way in a very easy form. Because when we're talking about beams, we're not talking about like, oh, I have to redesign my entire day and have four hours a day dedicated to optimizing. Right. We're talking about one to five minutes in different areas that are intentionally spread throughout the day that with a compounding effect basically puts you leaps and bounds ahead of where you would be without them. Right. Fair? Yeah, fair. Fair. So what we're going to do and we're going to TBD the date on this one, but we are going to run a 10-day challenge that in under five minutes a day, you can fully learn, 
integrate and implement beams to not only start reversing the effects of anti-aging and aging or aging, but also increase your energy, increase your mood, sleep better, feel better, have more confidence in all the benefits that come. Yes. That's fair. Good job. Yeah. That's amazing. It's like I'm a marketer. <laughs> um, subtle. And so what we're going to do is to make this easy. So Amy and I are business partners. There's a lot of people in this room right now. There's people working and watching and doing it they're, all. They're like sleeping in the back. Yeah, I know. There. We got we got, we got got Blaze just chilling in the anti-gravity chair. It's great. My office is set up like my home. So yeah. it's very comfortable. Um, but we're going to do it. I'm going to make it really, really easy. So we're building this and we wanted to do this right. We've been worked on this for 18 months minimum. Yep. And that means testing, product testing, every product, every ingredient, every lab, everything there to the point where we have basically almost ready to go, but we wanted to do it right. right. We wanted to do it perfect, knowing that change is constant. And based on what we have, this is what we have, and we'll give you the best and we adjust as we go. And then these content pieces and the beams are the principles that we will be talking about today tomorrow, a year from now, six years from now, 10 years from now. And so heed them because what we want to do is give you the foundation and set you up to win. Whether you're winning with beams and in our community, you're winning with beams and you are in our longevity box. When you're winning with beams and you give us feedback and we make a sexual health box or a man box, a testosterone box, a man box, (laughs) a pink shoe box, right? And, And so being a part of this is that you know, we decided to come together as people that have all experienced different things in this realm, but have led us together with the same passion. We just got lucky that we poached the smartest fucking person we know that happens to be a leading stem cell doctor and anti-aging doctor. We're like, hey, Amy, you want to build a business with us? Because uh, normally we'd have to hire a doctor for that certification. So you want to be our doctor? Um, so full disclosure, that's how it came to be. And so what we'll do to make it really, really easy, and you can do this on mine or you can do it on Amy's. And what is your personal Instagram? Uh, Dr. Amy B. Killen. Dr. Amy B. Killen. And then you have mine, which is It's George Bryant. And if you DM either of us the word beams... With four S's. With four S's. <laughs> if you put three or two or one, I will not respond. And I will say, you missed. And then I will give you an opportunity to correct it. And then we we will get your message and we will send you a link to join the waiting list for when this launches. And we're picking a TBD date, even though I know when this podcast is coming out. Because when we say go, we're full force in getting you into this, into your life, with ease, in momentum, with the support of our staff, the support of our community to make sure that you can fully embrace the B of beams. Oh, I love it. It's pretty fair, right? Okay, cool. Now, I have a question. And we'll we'll wrap with this one. Maybe two more. Number one, now that you're so immersed and you're so into health, you're so into anti-aging and longevity and you're privy to all of this information, one of my favorite things is maximizing my results with fun tech and fun tools and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your like absolute favorite like tools, modalities, things that exist? Like me personally, my brain taps on the floor, my happy's on my desk, and my red light's over there. Yep. And they are a daily occurrence for me while I wear my aura ring. And like I'm bullish. Like you come in and then you leave with that suite of products. Like they need to combine a bundle because I sell them all individually. I'm like, nope, this is what you need. Yeah. What are yours? So we've talked about some of them. I for I love my cold plunge, yep. which I've been doing now. I did a 21 day challenge on my own. Yes. Like 21 days straight um challenge and I did it. Uh so I'm doing that and I love sauna. 
Yep. So I'll alternate, you know, like one day. Regular I, or infrared? Um, it's infrared. Yep. It takes forever. That's my only complaint. But yep. I do like that one a lot. And I love red light. I yep. do that every single day when I'm blowing my hair dry. I do red light. You know, it's great for skin. It's great for everything. Um, those are some of my, like the hacks that I do. I, I don't actually have like all the biohacker stuff. I yep. do that Aura Ring, yep. you know, looking at that. Um, and the Garmin. But I love learning about all of it and yep. then bring in you know, the things that I'm actually going to use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is there is there the one like now that you're like into red lights, do you like like I notice a difference? Like I now travel with one. Yeah. Because like it's my easiest way to be jet lag. I will literally land at my destination. I will pop on the red light, go walk barefoot outside, and then go to bed at a normal time. I'll hit the red light when I wake up the next morning. And then from that point on, I'm like yeah. on that time zone. I love to do, I'll do like an afternoon nap sometimes where I lay down and I have like a red light that wraps around my head. Ooh. I have like multiple different ones, but the one around my head and I'll lay there on my back with this on and I'll turn like ocean sounds on. And I feel like I don't meditate except for walks in nature. Like I'm, I'm good at walking, right? But I feel like that red light therapy around my head, it puts me into like this crazy, I'm not even sure if it's meditative, but it's amazing yep. state I, for 20 minutes. Yep. And then as soon as it's over, I feel like I'm completely awake and refreshed. Yep. Like it drops me in and then it pulls me back out again and I feel like so much better. Yep. Yep. So I'd say like tech, those are mine. Breath work, probably number one modality of like every transformation in my life has boiled down to breath work. Float tanks. Oh. I love like sensory deprivation tanks. Those tend to be like my reset. Yeah. Like I, I'll do them occasionally, but like typically if I have a thought of like float tank, I'm like, oh, it's reset time. Yeah. And I'm like, give me a four hour block and let me float. Let me be with my thoughts. Let me be there. I love those. Mm, that sounds um, awesome. Yeah. What else? Sleep stuff we have, we have nailed. We do the, you know, blackout curtains. Yep. I use an Uller chill pad. I have the new one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. The Doc Pro. And my yep. favorite thing about that is I also, because of the quality of my sleep matters so much, I don't like setting alarms. I don't. I don't want to wake up a cycle. I always feel exhausted. I always feel tired, but I I know like what time I want to wake up. So I'll have my chill pad set to like 68 and then at 5 a.m. I'll turn it up to 105. And mm. so over the next yeah. hour, it warms my body and then my body Just naturally wakes up. wakes up when it's out of a cycle and I feel I wake up feeling like a million Yeah, bucks. those pads make a huge difference. Huge. Yeah. Like I was like, where have you been my whole life? Because yep. my wife is stuck on 74 and I'm like, we're about 10 degrees off. Yep. Give me 64 and call it a day. And so that's been a fun one too. Yep. I love that one. Okay, cool. So now in the lens of this, everything we're talking about, everything here, what are some of your favorite books? to get like immersed into this. Like for oh, me, gosh. like the comfort crisis. Is, I, like, I was going to say, one. I love that book. Yep. And I immediately went outside, loaded my backpack up with rocks yep. and went for a hike in the woods. Yep. Like immediately I was like, yes, I got to get uncomfortable. Every time I listen to that book, I end up doing something intense yeah. within a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love that book. I, I thought that uh, David Sinclair's lifespan yep. was a good intro to this space. And there's some controversy around it. And you know we can talk about that. But basically, I think just the idea that this research is being done mm -hmm. and that there are compounds and medications that seem to move the needle is important. Like whether or not we know what those compounds are necessarily, like yep. there's, that's where the controversy is. Yep. But I think it's a good starting point of a book. Got it. We're in hypothesis territory right now. Yeah, okay, exactly. Cool. I love that one. And then last one. Do you think that in our lifetime, someone's going to get frozen in a fucking cryo chamber and come back to life 100 years from now? Um, in our lifetime? In our lifetime. I mean, they're already getting frozen. Okay. So it's the bringing them back. I mean, people are already doing that. 
but are they been brought back? But they yet? have not been brought back. Okay, so we're yeah. we're the jury's out on that one. Yeah, I have I have friends, like Greg Fahey, who's in the cryo space. Like there's I have I have people who who are definitely deep into that. They are, but they haven't brought anyone back yet. They haven't. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted your professional medical opinion. Yeah. Because it feels a little Star Warsy to me. It I'm does. Like, well, maybe we're closer than I thought. Because <laughs> based on the AI that we've been playing with, we might be way closer than I thought. Yeah. Or or they just don't need us anymore anyway. Okay. The world. Okay. <laughs> so. One last question. Yes. Where we're going to wrap the show. So I want you to imagine that for the last hour and 30 minutes, uh, everybody listening just got men in black. They forgot absolutely everything that we talked about. They have no context, no nothing. But you have the ability right now to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they will take with them for the rest of their life. What would your tattoo wisdom be? Oh, my goodness. This is like kind of a stressful question. Um, I think that the wisdom is that that you actually have the power to change who you are yep. and what you become. Yep. And that's it. You make the choice. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. I, that didn't seem stressful. That seemed like some fucking wisdom drops <laughs> right there. You have the power to choose. Yep. And then, hey, P, will you grab the 10 off the wall over there? The 10 power statements? They're right on this back wall. Um, I love that one because... I think, you know, for me, I felt helpless a lot. Like I felt like a byproduct of my environment. Yeah. I felt like, like, for example, with my legs, like when they told me they wanted to amputate them in 2005 and I had to like fight to keep them, even once I kept them, that was my preconditioned programming, right? Like I'm destined to live in a wheelchair. I'm destined to never walk again. Yeah. And it took years, like probably four years for me to even process what was there and deal with it. And then to be like, I can change this. But that was like a 10, 12 year process of like feeling helpless. And like what you said about like, you have the power. And when we think about the downfall of life sticks, it's that in every moment of every day, we're met with choices. Right. And those choices stick yep. and they either stick for us or they stick against us. Yep. And we always have that power to choose. And I think, I think I want to end with this. Because I have, just for the record, PJ, you want to walk on the camera so everybody can see you? PJ can hold the sign up. He's standing behind me. I'm going to read it. You, you can see yourself right there. <laughs> I mean, this is PJ, if you're watching the show. Welcome to the behind the scenes of the show. And, and I got to say, like, I, I own a lot of companies. I've been a lot of a lot of things. I have some incredible friends. And to be in business with everybody in this room, to witness what I do every day that people pay me lots of money to do to help them make more money. In two days, the conversation of money has not come up once. Every single thing that's been talked about has been about helping and empowering. And I have a vested interest in this, but it's only because of the people that I'm sitting next to. This is probably one of my proudest moments Aww. of what we have. And so yeah. what I want to leave the episode with, and we'll alternate. Okay. You do one, I'll do two. You do three, I'll do four. Okay. Is basically our 10 guiding principles that if you match these with Beam, beans and you join this challenge with us and you come in no obligation just to help you that these are the things that you're going to carry through and these are the guiding principles and the laws that will basically guarantee your success okay you want to start yes uh we're aging gratefully can you explain that not gracefully uh instead of just taking what life gives us we're actually going to sort of charge in and we're going to be grateful for what we have and our strong bodies and we're going to do everything that we can to maintain them. Yep. And that's using technology, it's using into you know ingredients, it's using beans, it's using whatever we can to 
keep ourselves where we are and continue to age gratefully. I love it. Number two, how perfect. Community is key. You are the sum of the people that you choose to surround yourself with and the ones that you choose to invest in. And by design, if you put yourself in an environment with people that are committed to health and longevity and possibility that you will, through osmosis, pick that up and help you achieve your goals. Number three is it starts with curiosity and ends with intention. Yes. So being curious and learning is important. That's the first step. But then you have to do something with it and create an intention and then even go from there and create an action. I, I loved that one when we came up with that one because information without execution is not going to get us a result. Yep. Which brings us to number four, which is build your better tomorrow. And for our partner that's not in the office, Kyle, thank you for this one. We love you, bro. Um, Build Your Better Tomorrow is about life sticks. And it's about the choices that we make today will compound and help us build that tomorrow. And so no matter where we are, no matter where you are in your journey, in your experience, at that moment, you can pause and you can make an intentional choice. One of the beans. And it will compound and build into tomorrow and the next day to start the process. Yes. And number five is create comfort in change. Oh, I love this And one. I think that a lot of us have a hard time being comfortable with change, but whether that's change in the ingredients in our hot box, which will change yep. over time as we learn more, um, or, or changing your routines yep. or changing your job, like we've both done, like yep. create comfort <laughs> in this change that is a little uncomfortable. Yes. It's the only constant we have. And the faster you fall in love with it, the easier it gets. So that was number five, which brings us to number six consistency trumps intensity. For my sports fans, singles win games, not home runs. This is a culmination of the choices we make every day. But I will tell you that if you do one thing intensively every day for 30 days, it will never add up to doing one thing simply every day for five years. I love that one. Um, Number seven is commitment is not feelings which I also love. Thank my wife for that one. And whenever I got in my, in my cold plunge every day for 21 days, I kept telling myself, you committed to this. Yep. It doesn't matter how you feel. Yep. I, <laughs> that, is, that one has been the guiding principle of my life since I married my wife. And we we'll, we'll can pretty much measure all my success based on that one. Yep. Um, that was number seven, which brings us to number eight. You get out what you put in. You get out what you put in. And that one should hit to the core, should tickle your soul a little bit, or as Kyle would call those goosies. You got goosies. You got goosies. <laughs> because this truly is a game without getting into you know many worlds theories and whether we all exist or not of one versus one. And this is about our level of intention and clarity and what we're willing to invest with enough delayed gratification and consistency to achieve that result. And we will get out what we put in. Number nine is stronger beams make stronger homes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and this is the idea that, you know, obviously, as you take care of yourself through all these things we talked about, yep. you're creating a stronger sort of temple, your own temple, whether that's your body, that's the people around you, it's the entire ecosystem you live in. And so it, you have to do, you have to create those strong beams in yep. order to get that strong home. Yep. And then coming up in the cleanup position is number 10 your life choices stick to you. Life sticks. Life sticks. You can call it epigenetics. You can call it memory. You can call it whatever you want. But based on dinner last night, that choice definitely stuck till this morning. (laughs) And it was a very good paradigm shifter for me to eat very clean and healthy today. Yes. I love those. 
Yes. Do you love those as so much good. as I do? And thank you so much for your help doing this. This has been an amazing two days. Of course. Uh, it's glad to know I have a purpose here. Yes. Uh, other than just talking into a podcast. There's some value. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. So I think that's a good place to wrap. And here's what I'm going to do for the final tea. So our company is called Hotbox. The website is hotbox.life. And it's all under the umbrella of the Human Optimization Project. And our mission, our job is crystal clear. To make this really easy, if you'd like Beams, if you like support, if you like community, shoot Amy or I a DM on Instagram that says Beams. We will shoot you a link. You get on the waiting list. And the moment we launch it, you will be first in line to start the challenge with us. And if you just want to see beautiful imagery, beautiful graphics, one of the sexiest brands that I've ever seen, thanks to Blaze, who's standing off camera, um, then go to hotbox.life. You can check around. You can see it. It's still a work in progress. You guys get to see our baby while we're creating the baby in service to what's there. So did I miss anything? No, that was good. Any closing words? Nope. I'm excited. We're great. Amy's just excited. I'm excited, guys. Woo! (laughs) It's so fluffy. Sorry, despicable me reference. I could die. Okay. So that's what we got in today's podcast. So we're going to wrap it there. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Thank you for doing this to me. Thanks for being in person. Thanks for being amazing. Thanks for being you. Uh, This has been a blast. Thank you. Of course. So for those watching, for those listening, this concludes another episode of the Mind of George show. So most importantly, remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. Um, I don't know. Maybe use the beans to make it better. So this is how we're going to wrap the show. So you will either see me in the next episode or you'll hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time for that sexy outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.